Jerry, it's Gerald. Oh, I'm so now Gerald. I have two reasons to be sad. Oh, I'm sorry, Gerald. It's been so long since we've seen you. What's, what's making you so sad? Oh, it's okay, Nikita. Everyone forgets my name sometimes. Oh, I forgive you. Thank you. But I still have one reason to be sad. Oh, yes, you do look sad. What is it? Well, I don't have any friends at school. Oh no. What, what happened, General? Well, Tina was my friend. Mm -hmm. She liked Minecraft too. Mm -hmm. But I asked her to church and she said no. Oh no. And she said, isn't it really lame to be a Christian? She doesn't know about Jesus, she said. And then all the other kids laughed at me. Oh, no. And, and then what did you say? Well, Nikita, I thought if I follow Jesus, everyone will like me. Oh. But now no one wants to play with me. Oh, dear. Oh. I see that would make you very upset, Gerald. Um, and you thought no, that people would like you and you would be popular if you were a Christian? Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought if I follow Jesus, people will like me, but no. Oh, well, did you know, Gerald, that um, even Jesus wasn't very popular? Hmm? Yeah, that's right. Jesus wasn't very popular and many people didn't like him. Oh, that's right. They hated him so much, they killed him on a cross. Did you know that, Nikita? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> and, and they had big nails, like really big, like on Minecraft. I made some big okay. nails. Okay, and, thank you, And do you know what I did? I think we'll keep moving along, but um, okay. that is true. People didn't like Jesus and they treated him badly. Yeah, that's another reason to be sad. Well, Jesus says it's okay when people don't like us. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. He said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. He says sometimes people won't like us because um, they're not Christians and they don't know Jesus. Hmm, but, but Nikita, why don't they like me? Oh, well, it's not because of you, Gerald, or because you're a bad person or anything. It's, Jesus says sometimes people won't like his followers because they don't know Jesus and they don't know his father. Hmm, oh, it's sad they don't know Jesus. That's just another reason to be sad. So many reasons. <laughs> Yeah, that is sad. But, Gerald, maybe, maybe it would change for Tina. She might get to know Jesus. Um, but did you know you still have one friend at school? No, I don't. Yeah, you've still got Jesus. He's your friend. 
And he's always with you. His spirit is always with you and you never have to be alone. Even when they're laughing at me? Yeah, especially when they're laughing at you. Jesus Mm. knows what it's like. That's good at least. I'm still a bit sad, but Jesus is the best. He understands and he's always your friend, even if other people laugh at you. Thanks, Nikita. Maybe some of the kids here will be my friend too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank there you. you. Thanks, Gerald. Thanks, Nikita. See you next Bye. Time. Bye. <laughs> Gerald needs a lot of love, guys. Um, I'm Amy if I haven't met you before Um, maybe you've experienced something like what Gerald has as well um, at school or at uni or work or something like that Uh, maybe you've felt sad because you've been hurt by what other people have said or done to you because you follow Jesus Um, but sometimes I think we get a bit sad or disappointed Sometimes I think we get sad or disappointed because our expectations of what the Christian life will be don't quite match up to what it ends up being. Our expectations are a bit mismatched with what happens. Um, uh, But the Bible passage we're having a look at today, um, if you didn't get one of these sheets, uh, Nikita, Ali's going to run around and give you one because you'll need that to do some things later on. little Bible passage sheet on the... other side of the table, Ali. <laughs> um, if you didn't get one, one of these and a pen, you'll need one, so pop your hand up and the girls will come around and give it to you. Uh, but our passage today, Jesus reminds us that it's going to be hard because the world hated him first. And so Jesus is trying to help us have some real expectations here. Um, uh, hands up if you've uh, travelled around Australia before. Yes? Yeah? Some people, great. Um, have you ever come across these big sculptures around the place in like random country towns? Um, well, if you, if you haven't, this is your heads up for travelling. Australia has some big random things around the place. And uh, here's, here's an example. Um, this is the big ram in Goulburn. Okay? And, I mean, this one is pretty big. It's a big sculpture. Um, look at the little car down the bottom. It's this was a really big one, right? And in different pockets around Australia, there's big sculptures like this. Uh, but sometimes, when you compare them to something like this, it's a bit of a letdown. Have a look at this next one. The big banana in Coffs Harbour. It's not quite as big and impressive as the big ram, right? I mean, look at these people are like big there. <laughs> um, but then, uh, then there's my favourite, right? There's this, there's this one in Robertson, which was sort of close to where I used to uh, live, and <laughs> it's called the Big Potato. But I, if the sign wasn't there, you wouldn't think that would do. Would it? Loaf of bread. That wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking it looks like a big turd. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, we expect to see something amazing or experience something amazing, but sometimes those expectations don't quite match up. Um, another great example is in uh, Toy Story 3, 
where Andy, the kid, is all grown up. He's an adult now and he donates his toys to uh, the daycare centre. My toys are so excited that they finally get to be played with again and so let's have a look at what their expectations are. Speaking of playtime, they're lining up out there. How many? There must be dozens. Ah, I can hardly wait. Places, everyone. Ah. And players, I'm going to get played with. Uh, Rex? Come to Papa. I don't recall playtime being quite that strenuous. Andy never played with us like that. We're just going to have to make the best of it. But these toddlers, they don't know how to play with us. They're too young. Yeah, they're sticky. <laughs> Thanks, Vaughn. Expectations, eh? Uh, Andy's toys had their expectations dashed. <laughs> because they weren't real. They weren't based in reality. They weren't ready to be played with by little toddlers like that. Now, sometimes in our Western culture, it might not be something that someone says to us that makes things tricky or hard, but maybe it's just the environment we live in. The general hostility of everyone swimming away from God makes it a little bit harder to swim in the direction that God wants us to. So what Jesus is trying to do in our passage today is to prepare his disciples to have real expectations, to know that it's going to be hard so that they don't fall away, so that we don't fall away. Because the worst thing that could happen is for us to have a bad experience of following Jesus and then to stop believing in him. That would be a tragedy. So today we're going to have a look at this passage together. We're going to hear some stories uh, from people in our church family. We're going to think of some things to encourage us um, together as well. Uh, But let me pray for us as we dig in. Dear God, please open our hearts and minds to hear your words today. Build our trust in you and help us encourage each other to keep following you even when it's hard. Amen. Right, so the first thing we need to remember when we have a look at this passage uh, is what is going on for Jesus and his friends. So he's chatting with his disciples 
and this is just a small part of his last big conversation that he has with them uh, before he goes up to die on the cross. They don't quite understand fully yet what's happening and Jesus keeps telling his friends that uh, he's going to leave them and understandably they're, they're a little bit upset by all of this. And so Jesus is doing his best to comfort them and to prepare them for when he's not around in person anymore. And so in this bit of the conversation, Jesus is preparing them to face some hate and hostility from the world. I want us to uh, play a little mirroring game. And do you remember playing uh, a game when you were a kid or if you are a kid now where uh, you copy the person's action up front? So if I do this, you do the same thing, right? Like a mirror. Everyone do that? If I do this? Fantastic. Okay. This time I'm going to use some Auslan uh, and some keyword signs. So I want you to copy what I do with my hands and listen to the words that I say. You ready? Jesus says, If the world hates you, remember it's because they hated me first. You don't belong to the world. You belong to God. If the world persecutes Jesus, they will persecute you too. If they obey Jesus, They will obey you too. Good job, everyone. Do you see what I'm trying to show here? Jesus says in verse 20, if you have a look at there, he says, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. So Jesus is saying, whatever happens to him will happen to you too. Maybe not exactly the same. Like I don't really expect us here in comfortable Australia to be hung up on a cross like Jesus. But that sort of thing did happen to some of his disciples back then. And it's like a mirror image. You see, if we say that we trust Jesus and follow him, we should expect the world to hate us, to show us some hostility because we're supposed to be living like him, growing to be more like him and reflecting who Jesus is to the world. Despite all of the good that Jesus did, And all of the good news of salvation that he shared, the Jews, people who loved God, they thought he was blaspheming against God because he was claiming to be God. And the Roman emperor, when John wrote this book, he declared himself to be Lord and God to the world. But he's not going to be happy with Jesus saying he's God. If we were like the world if the world liked us, I wonder if that would mean that we'd stopped reflecting who Jesus is. And that would not be a good thing. So when the world doesn't follow God, the world rejects him. When the world doesn't trust Jesus, they reject him. And so they will reject us too because we represent Jesus. Despite all the good that we might do and all of the kind things we might do for our friends and people who are not our friends, we're still going to face hostility because it's God that they're rejecting, not us. So we're going to hear uh, from one of our teenagers now, uh, Jono, come on down, um, what this environment of hostility is like in school today uh, to give us a bit of a picture on on what's going on. So, Jono, tell us, what is the general environment for Christians at your school? Hello. Um, I would say, for the most part, it's pretty difficult. Um, 
there are only you know three or four Christians at the school, and which is you know a few hundred or a hundred so per year. So like not even thinking about any of this sort of attitudes, it's sort of it's difficult to feel that sense of being part of the Christian community throughout the week. Um, so yeah, it just makes church and youth group all the more sort of important and different yeah. to that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, what do your friends and your teachers think about God? Um, I think mostly they don't really know much. Like, I think at least my friends, um, they're pretty, like, they know of Christianity and they know, like, of God, but they don't really know much about what I believe, um, which is difficult because it often means that Christianity comes pretty lumped together with certain political views and um, the certain type of person, which is, like, it's sometimes been good when I'm able to show that I'm not that sort of person, but it's it's made it difficult to work out, like, what I think about certain things when I'm getting this sort of expectation put on me about what I believe, mm-hmm. about um, the sort of people that my friends are and, yeah, the sort of issues that are facing people at my school. Thanks. Uh, have you ever faced some direct hate or hostility? Uh, and if you did, uh, how did you feel? Um, yeah, probably. Or maybe not specifically directly, but I have felt that like there have been other people in the year that definitely have not liked that I'm a Christian. And however that's reached me, it has reached me. Um, which has been like really difficult and has made it hard to feel very comfortable just being at school. Um, and it's especially hard when it sort of it comes from a place of like they're coming from a place of being very hurt by other Christians and yeah it's been not very fun but I've found some good friends that are pretty accepting and I'd like to hear about what I believe and stuff. Thanks so much for sharing Johnny. Take a seat. It's a bit of a snapshot of um, what's going on in schools. Um, Jonna goes to a school around this area of Melbourne uh, and there's a few other teenagers, uh, part of our church family, who go to other schools in this area too. Uh, So it's a good indication uh, of what that experience is like uh, if you're a Christian there. Uh, So keep on on sharing those stories with each other to encourage each other. Um, Share stories of your workplaces as well so you can encourage each other because um, as, as Jono said, uh, things like church on Sunday and youth group on Friday, they become really important when you're so isolated from your Christian family um, during the week. So uh, that's a bit of the real expectations uh, that we should have. Maybe you're still wondering why. Why will they hate us? Why does God choose us and not them? Why don't they know God? Why, don't, why can't they just believe? There's lots of why questions. We don't have time to explore all of them, but Jesus does give us some answers in this passage. So this is where you need to get your pen or a texture or something and your Bible passage on the sheet. We're going to have a little activity. Um, spot the why. Okay. So whenever you see the word why or so that or because, I want you to just circle that. So look for the whys on here. You've got about 40 seconds. Go.
All right, you've got 10 seconds left. Up there. <laughs> Let's have a look at what you got. Um, did you get verse 19? Hands up. Give a show. That's got a Y in it. Good, good. Did you get verse 21? Yes, excellent. Did you get verse 16, verse 3? Yes, some people good. And 16, verse 1 and 4. Yes. Oh, well done, well done. Great. All right, so let's have a quick look at these. Have a quick look at these whys. So, verse 19, why will they hate us? Because Jesus has chosen us out of the world. It's that we belong to God. He's chosen us out of the world. That's not because we're better than anyone else. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 3.23 that everyone, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, we all need saving. We can't save ourselves. But God chooses us. He adopts us as his children even before creation and this choosing is called election. And it's out of God's love for his creation that he chooses some of us to save when no one deserves it or is worthy of it. That's what the Bible calls grace. You might be wondering, why on earth would he choose, um, why couldn't he choose to save everyone? Well, sure, he could, but he also wanted to give people, us, a choice as well. And so both things are true, even though they might seem opposite or contradictory. Verse 21 is the other why. Uh, They're going to treat this way with persecution because of Jesus' name. It's not because of you, it's because of Jesus. And because they don't know Jesus was sent by God the Father. They don't get that. You know that, that saying, ignorance is bliss? Ignorance is not bliss here, right? Um... Dave, (laughs) Gerald is right, it's sad. They're ignorant of who God is and what he's done in the world and and that's sad because it means they're not saved. Jesus show up saying that that they've um, had heaps of opportunity to hear what he's said, the message that he's preached, they've had heaps of opportunity to see what he's done and the miracles that he performs, but they don't. And that means that they're guilty of rejecting God. And that's sad because rejecting God and rejecting the saving message means that they're not saved. And Jesus repeats that in 16 verse 3 because they don't know who Jesus really is. And because of that, they're going to throw the disciples out of church. They're going to, um, they're going to kill some people. And they, they do that to Peter. And they do that to uh, Paul. Paul's in prison when he writes many of his letters. And the irony is that the people think they're doing it for God. But they sadly miss the point. There's there's one story in Acts where Paul, before he's a Christian, um, he stands over the stoning of Stephen. He nods with approval and he thinks wrongly that this is an act of God, that this man is killed for following Jesus. How sad is that? I praise God that someone like Paul saw the truth of Jesus and came to believe in him. Now friends, 
could be like Paul in that regard as well. And that last why in 16 verse 1 and 4, it's not so much the why we will face hostility, but it's more the why Jesus is telling us now. It's so that you won't fall away. Because the worst thing that could happen is for us to stop loving Jesus, to stop following him. So Jesus wants us to stand firm. And that's why he warns his disciples. And it's why this is written here in the Bible to warn us too, to help us be prepared for when we face hate and hostility. So that when those things happen to us, we can remember, oh, Jesus said this to us. It's in the Bible. His words are true. But that's not the end of the story. Smack bang in the middle of this passage says that the advocate is coming. And the advocate is the Holy Spirit. And he's sent from the Father. And the Holy Spirit is with us always, with everyone who trusts and loves Jesus. And what's the Spirit going to do? He's going to testify. He will testify about Jesus. So he will remind us who Jesus is and what he came to do. And like that mirror image again, he will help us to also testify, to keep living for Jesus and to keep telling people about Jesus. And yes, that may give us a little more hate and more hostility, but my spirit reminds us of the truth, the saving message of Jesus. And that saving message is the thing that matters most in the world. And actually, a bit of hostility, well, that's okay because I know that I'm saved and Jesus is with me. And this person over here that's giving me a bit of flack, well, they don't know Jesus yet. So maybe my actions and my words and the way I respond to them, maybe that would be a witness and a testimony to the work of Jesus. And maybe the way I respond to them, maybe that would lead them to knowing who Jesus is and they might be saved too. So how do we respond to all of this? We're going to remember the Toy Story clip to help us um, go through this last little bit. And so the... The first one is Andy's toys. They are new and they're fresh, a little naive, and they don't have the real expectations yet, but they get ready, not knowing what to expect. And you see Buzz twig just a little bit at that last moment and put his shield down. If you're a new Christian, this might be a little bit like you. Get into practice of guarding your heart putting on the armour of God because friends we are in a spiritual battle and those toys they realise that at the end of that playtime and Jesus is telling us before we get into that so that we're prepared assume a defensive position not an attacking one so sometimes we might find ourselves in arguments with people I want to remind us that Jesus has already won the battle he has overcome the world So that means that we don't need to win every argument. We need to win the person to Jesus. And that's more important than being right. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. There's some other toys though. They run away and they hide under the bucket. 
Uh, and we could also run away and hide too. That's an option. We could try and avoid it, but that's not what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Pray for those who persecute you. When you're facing some hate and hostility, pray for that person because they don't know Jesus yet and that's really sad. Then there's other toys and they hide trembling under the shelves. They've withdrawn and that's another option. We could withdraw from the world like Benedictine monks but Jesus says don't do that either. Testify, he says. In fact, the Spirit will testify to us and in turn help us testify to others. So don't hide yourself away. Stand firm and keep sharing Jesus. And then I love Jessie at the end. She's ever positive and she says, now with real expectations, well, we just have to make the most of it. I guess we kind of do that too. We've got the real expectations. We know that life with Jesus is going to be hard, but it's also full of joy. Look around the room. Have a look at people around you. This is our family, friends. We are family. Last week we learned that we are connected to the vine. We're connected to Jesus. And as we're connected, we bear fruit. That helps us to love God and love each other more. So let's support each other. Make Sunday a priority to come to so that you can encourage others and you are encouraged to go out into the world this week. Together, today, we're going to share communion and that reminds us of God's promises and grace to us that we're forgiven and we're saved through Jesus and it helps give us that encouragement and support we need as well. Encouragement to stand firm. And then there's the Bible. God's word to us that encourages us when the times are tough to keep on living for Jesus. And one of my favourite passages is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, because it reminds me that while we might suffer now, we have some great promises from Jesus, an inheritance that can never uh, perish, spoil or fade. Now, you might have some different passages that help you to stand firm, Uh, And this is where you need to put your thinking caps on to remember those passages and share them with the people around you. So our next little activity, so turn your little piece of paper over. We're going to chat to the people around us about what helps you stand firm when times are tough. So if you've got a Bible passage you turn to, write that down now. Uh, If you've got something else that you do, Uh, someone you talk to or um, a praying activity that helps you. I want you to share that thing with the people around you and what I'd love you to go home with today is is a whole page of ideas to help you keep standing firm in your faith when things get hard. Okay? So I'm going to give you a minute or so now to chat with the people around you what helps you stand firm and to write that down. Go.
Now a 30 seconds. There is some great conversations going on there and I really want to encourage you to keep those going over morning tea later and to keep adding to your page so that you are well resourced to go out this week. As the band comes up, um, here's one more verse for, for you to add. It's from Proverbs 4.23 and it says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Colin Buchanan uh, made a song based on this verse that we're going to sing now to encourage us to rise up and always be ready for the surprise attack and to stand firm and guard our hearts as we keep living for Jesus. <laughs> 